Hi, and welcome to the Feminization Boudoir Podcast from Candy Apple Press. I'm your host, Kylie Gable. And for the first time ever, I am joined by Mistress DJ, who has been the voice of a whole lot of audios on this particular podcast. Hi, Mistress DJ. Hey there. How's it going? Going really well. I have been uh, spending the afternoon uh, on the couch listening to old-time radio and uh, cuddling with my producer, Chance. So that sounds like a perfect afternoon. <laughs> it really, I, I, I had never really experienced a lazy Saturday until like the last two. It's, it's kind of nice. Um, so, like I, I mentioned before, you've been on a, a lot. You've done a lot of audios for me, and a lot have found their way onto the podcast. But you don't like doing long ones. I don't. Um, you know, the process of, I love your books. It's not a matter of, uh, I, I love the material. Your stories are great, but it comes down to editing. I don't like to listen to my voice, period. And I really don't like to listen to my voice for extended periods of time. So yeah, I prefer the shorter ones. <laughs> yeah, well, I, think, I think that's not uncommon. I think a lot of people hate the sound of their voice. You know, when I, when I talk, um, um, and do the do the interview you know do the interviews or the introductions on this podcast I always feel like I got a nice deep radio voice and then when I hear it it's like I'm talking completely through my nose <laughs> I like your speaking voice it's pleasant <laughs> yeah thanks but it's like I always think I sound so much smoother than I do <laughs> um, although when I get a cold I start to sound like Shadow Stevens or Barry White which is really cool that um, could be a plus yeah absolutely <laughs> Doesn't work so much for feminization, but it works good for radio and podcasts. There you go. So, um, your your taste in in, in feminization is interesting. It's kind of so the way that I, I I kind of first you know became aware of you was on on Twitter, mm-hmm. and um, I just I, I I liked a lot of things I heard from you and a lot of what you said and. It's kind of weird that we hit it off because, like, you know, I'm, I'm working on that 400th Sissy book at some point soon, and Sissies are not your favorite thing. They're not. They're not. Uh, with Sissies tends to come a lot of drama, and of all things that I don't appreciate in life, drama is one of them. So I like your take on feminization because it has more of a femdom edge to it. Right. And I think that's... Feminization, I think, is really tricky, um, and I, I've I've had other people, you know, talk about this or debate this with me, you know, whatever. One of the things that makes feminization a lot of fetishes, I think, um, difficult is feminization isn't one thing. It's it's about a dozen different fetishes with one name. Right, I agree. And so for me, I mean, and I think for you too, feminization that I like is femdom driven. I mean, I don't want to call it forced because, like I said, this went on with me for a long time and it was not really being forced all the way. I mean, if I had really hated it, they would have stopped. But it was femdom driven. And that's way more, you know, my cup of tea than wearing, you know, a, 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 a little girl party dress in an adult size and having a tea party. But there's nothing wrong with that either. It's just different fetish with the same name. Right. Yeah. It is a different fetish with the same name. I agree. Um, and with feminization can come makeup and hair and nylons and panties and, you know, clothing. 
sometimes it's just mannerisms too. So right. yeah, it's it's a whole a whole genre of its own with many separate um, brackets underneath, or however you want to say that. Yeah. So so speaking of femdom, you have maybe a little bit of experience in this particular area. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. <laughs> Twenty plus years of real time. Uh, yes, I have a dungeon. Um, femdom. I've been a professional dominatrix since I was in college, and uh, I can't see ever giving it up, honestly. Nice. Yeah, I. Uh, that's that's the other thing too is is I feel like I learned everything about female domination the wrong way. Maybe not the wrong way, but in such an unconventional way that like I, I'm no guard to, to put it that way. I mean, like <laughs> you know, it's like safe saying yeah, I forget safe saying conventional. You know, no, that's not how, how I, I thought was learned. You know, you really you've studied this. Um, I have studied it. Yeah, I, I believe in the old guard ways, um, honorifics, um, behaviors, things like that are very important in the way I practice. Simple things like capitalization of her, um, or I guess him if you're dealing with doms, um, but capitalizations of names, titles, like mistress should always be capitalized, things like that. It's the details. You know, as they say, the devil's always in the details. When it comes to old guard, it's all about respect and um, giving respect where respect is due. Yeah, and, and I, I find this fascinating, because like I said, I, I learned it in a, in a very, very different way. I've never seen you, though, to the point of being, like, cross if, if I do screw up on something like that, you know, <laughs> where, like, when we're talking, you know. Um, we, we, we've had some interesting conversations. We have. <laughs> Uh, I believe you're one of two mistresses who spontaneously, and you were the first one, said I, I was the reason ball gags were invented. You are. You are the actual reason ball gags were invented. Of this, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> we, were, we were doing just a little role play at one point on um, uh, a night flirt, and um, I was I was being in, I was in a health club, and I was like pretending that I was picking her up. And um, I don't think she was ready for, for my velour sweatsuit. The velour sweatsuit just did it for me. That, that <laughs> velour tracksuit just did it for me. I tell you what, nothing hotter than a man in velour. <laughs> By the way, you might be hearing my producer, uh, Chance, has uh, picked up his monkey chew toy. Uh, <laughs> so if you're hearing squeaking, I swear it's it's not DJ and, it, and it's not me. So, it's probably uh, He's probably judging my podcast. Yeah. And by the way, by the way, I should say, Auntie DJ has been uh, one of uh, Chance's biggest supporters from before I ever, ever picked him up. So Absolutely. part of the reason I, I have him is because, you know, well, I'm going to talk a little bit about kind of our relationship just a bit. Um, DJ, Mistress DJ and I have... Uh, We've played a couple times on, on Night Flirt, but more than anything, um, I don't know. I just kind of, the, the, she's, a, she's a great dominant personality, which when I kind of was going through a tough time of it at the end of 2018 was exactly what I needed. And it's just like that we just, it was the perfect kind of confidant because we weren't in each other's lives, so I never felt be I was being judged or anything. Like, you know, sometimes with a friend, it's like, okay, 
you know, it, it's a little bit easier sometimes to talk to someone who doesn't know you kind of. And so, you know, it's, it's been, you know, she really helped me probably more than anyone, including the therapist I saw who wasn't bad either, um, through a tough time in 2018. And, uh, I'm going to always be eternally grateful for that. And so, I mean, our, our conversations are, are more likely to be about velour or, or what goofy stuff chance has done today. Or, or something like that than they are to be about dungeons or, 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 or lipstick or anything like that. We, you know, our relationship isn't really that, you know, sexy, but it's so important to me. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. I feel the same. And part of being the reason we did start off like that is I think part of a Dom's job is to help protect and guide the sub. And at the time you had contacted me, you were in my eyes a sub. Um, and so... Oh, my thinking was, okay, I have to help protect the sub and bring some reason or at least give another opinion um, in a way that would help you. And so from there, just whatever it is we are, friends or BFFs or buddies or whatever it is we are, that it just evolved from that naturally and organically. So, yeah. And I, and I will say, like, I would not have, have gotten chance if it was not for DJ because um, there were several people that I that I just – I asked all my friends, and I also asked uh, a couple people specifically, um, my sister and DJ probably, and when both, neither one of them were saying, oh, don't do that. You, you, you can't take a dog right now. And I was like, okay. You know, DJ was like, now, do it do it now. What are you waiting all those weeks for? So. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And so now there's a new addition to the family. <laughs> sure and um, so – this is now October, which is weird to think of. Um, in some ways, the year goes so fast, and in some ways, obviously, it's like paint drying in 2020. Mm, yeah. And, um, you know, but I think it's because the days are so similar, even the weekends, that the um, when the calendar moves, it's like, oh, that's weird. Um, <laughs> so we're now almost into the ha- Halloween season. We are. We are. And- and I, I think, you know, DJ has done probably two of my best Halloween stories. And so uh, I think today we'll do three clips. And uh, just like I said, you've done mostly shorter ones. One of the ones we'll do, the very first one, is probably, out of all the stories I've done, the only supernatural one. And that is a story called Pegging Sue. Which, okay, it's got a pun name, which I kind of like. And um, maybe it's got a little, I'd say maybe a little touch of Christine. Um, yeah. I know you, I know you like Stephen King. Would you, would you give uh, me a touch of, a touch of Christine? <laughs> I love all things horror, all things Stephen King. Pegging Sue has to be easily my favorite feminization book I've ever read. Um, and also easily my favorite out of the things I've done for you. Uh, the name is catchy. Of course, Buddy Holly music is always a win. And, but you know, the thing about this is it was a little Christine-ish. I'm not going to give it away. I'm going to let you all listen, but uh, there's a, there's a plot twist and there's a car involved and you're never really sure where that veil falls. And so I guess just to give it a listen and see what you think. Right. And because this is only like a 15 minute audio, yeah, get the whole, you get to hear the whole thing. If you like it though please do me a favor and run out to I Want Clips or Clips for Sale and and pick it up. 
but um, definitely you're going to get to hear the whole thing. So here it is. It's Pegging Sue, written by me and voiced by Mistress DJ. Pegging Sue by Kylie Gable and Claudia Costa. Pegging Sue is published by Candy Apple Press, copyright 2017, all rights reserved. The fog was creeping over Route 11 when Jared Hogan dropped off his girlfriend Nadine at her home on the outskirts of town. She was getting to be such a drag lately. He was a man, and he had needs. She should give in at least sometimes. Instead, she just turned him on and left him hanging. Once again, he was nursing a pair of blue balls. He grumbled as he pulled into the left lane to rush home and relieve his growing tension. In the distance, his headlights revealed a lithe figure hitchhiking. As he got closer, he slowed his Toyota and slipped into the right lane to take a better look. You just didn't see hitchhikers that much in Brookhaven anymore, and you never saw girls like this one. Jared slammed on the brakes and turned off the radio. He knew the hair metal station he listened to was not going to impress a girl like this. He eased to a stop about five feet from the young woman. She was a beautiful blonde girl, about 21, just like him. As Jared studied her more closely in the dim light, he realized that the way she was dressed was seriously out of date. Her honey-colored hair was in a ponytail, held in place by a large white ribbon. She wore a white cardigan sweater and a pink poodle skirt. Her feet sported a pair of pink pumps, but there was no hiding her figure or her face. Hey, my name is Jared, he called out through the passenger side window. Hop in. It's a nasty night out. I'll give you a lift. Thanks. I'm Sue, chirped the bubbly blonde, hopping inside and closing the door behind her. Are you coming from a Halloween party? Gosh, no, she replied. Do I look that ghastly? I'm coming from a dance. Heavens no, I think you look amazing. I mean, you're just dressed kind of old-fashioned. I guess so, she said. Fashion really isn't my thing, though I try to read fashion magazines whenever I'm at the beauty parlor. I'm the same way, said Jared. <laughs> Not about the beauty parlor, but the way I figure it. If it's comfortable, then wear it. You're funny, she said. I like that. Where am I taking you, asked Jared. Oh, just follow this road, then take a left. Jared liked this girl. She appeared lively and enthusiastic in a way that his girlfriend wasn't. She seemed really interested in what he had to say. Nadine didn't seem to care anymore. Sue certainly didn't give off a promiscuous vibe, but... Jared got the sense she'd do things to please her man. Not his girlfriend. Nadine had hardened fast limits that she wouldn't cross for any man. The fog had given way to the kind of autumn storm that only people in New England understand. It was a driving rain, but even worse, the wind felt like it was threatening to cut right through to your bones. Night had fallen hard, and only the headlights and the old wiper blades allowed the car to amble its way along the small old country roads that Sue was leading him down. It sure is a nasty night, said Jared. 
I'm so glad you came along, replied Sue. It probably wasn't very smart of me to storm off. From your boyfriend? Not anymore, she replied. Do you have a girlfriend? No, lied Jared. If things worked out with Sue, maybe he'd upgrade from Nadine, he thought. Can you put on the radio, she asked him, moving in closer and snuggling against his body. Sure, but we can change the station, he said, putting on the radio and being astonished that there was no warrant or winger forthcoming. Instead, it was a 1950s rockabilly song. He was pretty sure the artist was Buddy Holly, but he didn't know enough to be sure. That's odd, said Jared. This is supposed to be a hair metal station. Well, I think I like this better, replied Sue. You like oldies, asked Jared. I don't really know what an oldie is. Music that's more than a couple months old, replied Jared. Turn left here. It's the third house on your right. The one with a nice porch? That's it, replied Sue. Jared pulled his car in front of the house, splashing most of a large puddle onto the front lawn. Wow, this storm keeps getting heavier and heavier, observed Jared. Why don't you come inside until it blows over? You shouldn't be driving in this kind of weather anyway. Jared would be the first to tell you driving through the rain was preferable to getting caught out in it, but he really wasn't thinking about that. He was eager to get to know Sue better, so he said, Sure, let's make a run for it. They sprinted out of the car and up to Sue's front porch. She did an admirable job of running in heels on wet pavement, but she fumbled for the keys. They both got drenched as they stood in the downpour before she finally threw open the front door and they rushed inside. We're soaked, declared Jared. I know, replied Sue. Why don't you put on a record and I'll slip into something more comfortable? A record? asked Jared. Yeah, the hi-fi is over in the corner. I've got a pretty big collection. Sure, said Jared. Sure enough, inside the polished wooden cabinet were a couple dozen records and fifty or sixty singles. He looked at the LPs and saw names like Bobby Darren, Chuck Berry, Buddy Holly, and Roy Orbison. He grabbed an Orbison record. It was called At the Rock House. It was nearly sixty years old. This girl sure had interesting taste in music. Jared listened to the music coming from the record. It wasn't really his cup of tea, but it wasn't unpleasant either. Plus, it was a love song, and that was probably a better idea right now than screaming guitars. He looked around the house and noticed the place looked strangely dated. There were magazines on the coffee table, and they were all from 1962. The pictures on the walls appeared to be of the same vintage, and the television looked like some kind of antique. Roy Orbison, that's a good choice, said Sue, emerging from the bathroom wearing a fluffy pink bathrobe. That was not what Jared had hoped she would change into, but it was a step in the right direction. We need to get you some dry clothes, too, she offered. I'm all right, replied Jared. Nonsense. You're shivering. I don't want you catching a cold on my account. And I'm sure I could find something that would fit you in the basement. Don't go away. Are you sure? Positive, she said, as she practically skipped down the stairs. Jared was cold and wet. Maybe some dry clothes would be a good idea. He stood shivering in the living room, waiting for the strange girl to return. Then he sat on the couch and began flipping through the old magazines, but soon grew bored. He looked for the remote control to turn on the television, but couldn't find it. Finally, after twenty minutes, he made his way to the basement door. 
Standing at the top of the steps, he called down, Hey, did you find anything? The basement was dark. Only the lightning outside provided any kind of light. It didn't look like a finished basement, either. Jared listened at the top of the steps, but couldn't hear anyone. Sue? Are you down there? he called out, but received no response. Carefully, Jared descended into the basement. Hello? Anybody there? As the lightning struck again, Jared glimpsed what looked like a human figure standing in the corner of the basement. Sue? he called out while approaching. Jared caught sight of a single light bulb hanging from the ceiling and pulled down on the small chain connected to it. The bulb was only about a thirty watt, and it produced very little light, but it was still enough to see by. Getting a better look at the figure in the corner, he could see it was Sue from her pink bathrobe and ponytail. You scared me there, said Jared. She turned around slowly. Her eyes appeared bright red in the dim light. Hanging from her waist was the largest strap-on dildo he had seen in his life. Jared stumbled backward. Hello, Jared. I've been waiting for you, said Sue, her voice now coarse like sandpaper. You, you were going to find something to fit me, stammered Jared. And so I have, said Sue, motioning to her dildo. No, cried Jared, racing for the stairs, but she was on him before he took a couple of steps. She was supernaturally fast. When she caught him, she grabbed him and turned him to face her. She kissed him deeply on the lips and forced her tongue into his mouth. It felt cold and rough. As her mouth clamped on his, Jared could feel the breath being drawn from his lungs. He couldn't breathe, and he was growing weaker and weaker. Soon he'd passed out. Jared came too slowly. He was dressed in clothes just like Sue had been wearing when he picked her up. Pink poodle skirt, blouse, and a pink cardigan with pink pumps on his feet. He could feel a bra strap digging into his shoulders, and knew that his makeover had gone all the way down to his underwear. His face was heavily made up, and his hair had been put into a loose ponytail that was unmistakably feminine. His ankles were bound to the back legs of a sturdy wooden chair. He was bent over the back of the chair, and his wrists were tightly bound to the front legs. He struggled, but got nowhere. He was bound fast. Upstairs, he heard a new record starting up on the player. The volume was much louder, and would probably cover any screams he might make. He was pretty sure it was the same song he had heard coming from his radio earlier. Judging by the light outside, he had not been unconscious for very long. As he could hear the sound of Sue's heels on the wooden stairs, he pulled furiously on the ropes, but to no use. Hello, little darling. I hope I didn't keep you too long, called out Sue. What are you doing? I don't like this, complained Jared. Really? Aren't you the one who always wanted Nadine to be more sexually adventurous? Isn't this adventurous enough for you? Oh, God, this isn't what I mean, protested Jared. Wait, how do you know Nadine? I know lots of things, chuckled Sue. She moved behind Jared. He could soon feel her smearing something cold on his ass. Oh, God, no! Keep that thing out of my ass! Even as Jared protested, Sue was lining him up. His hole was still tight, and the 18-inch strap-on was roughly the size and the width of a forearm. For Jared, it felt like she was going right through him. He screamed out, which only made her laugh. It was a shrill cackle that sent chills through him like a dentist drill. She kept up a steady rhythm, 
and rode him hard. He could feel her weight on his back, and he could feel her breath on the back of his neck. It wasn't warm like a person's breath should be. It felt like a cold November wind chilling its whole body. Despite his struggles, she had no trouble pounding away steadily, driving the whole dildo deeper and deeper into his ass. Almost mercifully, Jared finally passed out from the pain. Even as he was losing consciousness, he could hear Sue laughing. When Jared awoke, it was morning. He might have believed it was all a nightmare, except for he was still wearing the ridiculous old-fashioned feminine outfit. His poodle skirt had ridden up to his waist, exposing his panties. He was lying in the backyard of a derelict and abandoned house. Could that have been where he was last night? It certainly had looked much different back then. Climbing up to his feet, he suddenly became aware of just how opened up he'd been by the mysterious girl with the massive dildo. He wasn't even walking right anymore. The grass was moist and his heels sunk into the wet lawn. His car was gone, so he had no real choice but to attempt to walk home, or at least to the town center where he could try to get help. Jared took one last look at the house. It didn't look anything like he remembered from last night. Surely he would have remembered if the front stairs were so torn up. He raced up them in the pouring rain, after all. It was just before seven in the morning by now, and it was kind of cold. His sheer silky stockings did little to shield Jared's legs from the cold autumn wind. Sue had led him down several old roads, and even though Brookhaven wasn't very large, he felt thoroughly lost. He was pretty sure that walking west would eventually take him back to town. He had only walked a few blocks when he'd heard a police car siren behind him. He stopped and turned to look at the car, which was pulling over behind him. "'Are you all right, miss?' asked the officer. "'Colleen Tracy,' according to her name tag, as she stepped out of the cruiser. Jared stood there mute as Officer Tracy moved in for a closer look. "'Sir, are you all right?' "'I think so,' he replied reflexively. "'I stopped you because you looked like you were in distress. "'Are you getting back from a Halloween party?' asked Officer Tracy. "'No, I was assaulted and dressed like this,' he replied. "'Get in my car,' she said. "'We need to get you checked out for any injury. "'What happened?' "'It was a very attractive blonde woman. "'I can show you the house where I was assaulted.' "'I don't think that'll be necessary,' said Officer Tracy. "'Why not?' Between you and me, I'm assuming the house is old and abandoned? Well, yeah, it is. And I assume that if we go there, we won't find any evidence of a crime being committed there? I couldn't say. You picked the woman up last night. She was hitchhiking? He nodded. That's Pegging Sue, explained Officer Tracy. She's been a local legend around here since the early 1960s. Unfortunately, we get two or three cases like yours every year and one of them happens around Halloween. I guess that's you this year. Oh, crap, she did say her name was Sue, replied Jared. I won't lie to you, said Officer Tracy. I'll investigate, but I very much doubt we'll find anything. You've been the victim of unearthly events. You were assaulted by pegging Sue. So that's it? There's not much we can do about ghosts, spirit, and evil entities, I'm afraid, replied Officer Tracy. My advice to you would be to forget about it, if you can. If you want counseling, I can give you a number. Jared nodded, but in his heart he knew that he would probably never be the same. How does one encounter a creature like that and ever forget about it? Okay, I'm going to keep it rolling and kind of do the, the second segment then. Okay. 
And then after that, I'll do one more where I say goodbye. And then I have no idea what I'm going to put on for the third segment. One of the more new ones, I think. Newer ones. Okay. This one will be much shorter, though. Okay. So, we're getting Halloween started early here. That was Pegging Sue. Mistress DJ is here with me. Well, as much, as much <laughs> as you can be with me uh, in the in the lockdown. Uh, and we're, we're talking about some of the great audio she's done. Pegging Sue is, is probably her favorite that she's done for me, she says. And definitely one of mine. Uh, but another one that I really love is a full-length one that you did, um, which is also horror. Um, called Camp Femdom. Ooh, I forgot that one. That is good. Yeah, and Camp Femdom is, you know, it really is written like a horror horror movie. I won't I won't go into all the details except, um, you know, you you've got those camp horror movies like Friday the Thirteenth and Sleepaway Camp and a whole bunch of others, and um, one by one the campers start getting picked off. And so, even though this isn't a horror, there's no supernatural like in Pegging Sue, for the male campers in Camp Femdom, they're basically in a, in a horror story, at least in their mind. <laughs> you know, and so, um, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's not a complicated plot, it's, it's one by one they, they go. And um, I just think you did a great job on this one. Thank you. I it was a fun read. Uh, yeah, again, I love all things horror, and though it's not a horror story, and there's no supernatural or no boogeyman involved, as they get picked off one at a time, you got to listen to it, guys. I'm telling you, it's great. Um, the thing that I really liked about it is there's a character named after me in there, and there's a character named after Amberly in there, and that made it extra yeah. fun because some of my peers are in the story as well, and uh, I could totally see us doing this. I'm <laughs> just leaving it at that. <laughs> I don't think I've really ever on the podcast mentioned Amberly Rothsfeld. She is the person where I first, you know, whose who's, uh, Twitter account I first discovered Mistress DJ on. And she's a friend of both of ours. And she is like the expert if you are doing Night Flirt or uh, the clips like I do. She's like the business expert among experts. And she's also a real heck of a nice person and a great dom who's been one of the top doms on Night Flirt forever. So I don't remember exactly. Do you remember the name exactly of her Night Flirt uh, profile? Uh, I think she's just Amberly, actually, on Night Flirt. I'll, I'll put it. I'll put it in a, a link below where I put links. Um, I, the reason I don't know her her um, her name is. I've called her two or three times. About the fourth time I called her, she basically told me to hang up and said if I called her again, she'd block me and <laughs> gave me another number to use, which so I wouldn't have to pay. Because she says she makes so so many ideas, so many of my ideas pay off for her. So she's she's one she's one in a million and and a, and a great friend of both of ours. So. So it's actually just nightflirt.com slash Amberly A M B E R L Y. That's how you get to her site. Yeah. Thank you for looking that up. She's a great yeah. one, you know. I and I, I mean I've I've got a lot of not all of them, um, but but most of the women that you hear on this podcast are from Night Flirt. And um the way I look at it, and it's kinda like with what we were talking about earlier in the show about, you know, 
her, you know, Mistress DJ and, and her take on sissies and my take on sissies. Other people have other takes on it. And and, and something like oh. this, you know, it's it's not a dating site. Please don't go there expecting to get a date out of it. But it's kind of like a dating site in that, you know, there's somebody for everybody. Absolutely. And not everybody is for everybody, you know. That's right. That's right. And sometimes I'll find somebody that is into a, a different kind of feminization. And so I redirect them to somebody that can handle it, you know. And so that's the great thing if you if you just talk to us, you know, like we are people. Uh, you know, if you tell us what we're looking for and it's not in our wheelhouse, we can get you the right person. Right. And and also, I'm just going to do it because I've been doing it every day for a while because I really want want this to take off. You know, Claudia has started doing Miss Can- Ms. Candy Apple, where um, really we're, we're trying to put some of my audios up there. And she's great to talk to. And uh, I highly recommend men giving her a call, too. Just to get that plug in. Absolutely. Miss Candy Apple is going to be a great listing. You guys are going to have a great time talking to Miss Candy Apple. And uh, you'll recognize her to be a great dom. And uh, I think you'll enjoy the all the clips that are put up, too. Now, Claudia is probably the only person who likes the sound of her own voice less than Mistress DJ. <laughs> That's why you haven't heard her doing, doing audios for me. However, she's written about 200 of them with me. So she knows her stuff. Some of your favorite audios on this podcast have been written by her and I together. Including Camp Femdom, actually. So, well, without further ado, you do not get to hear the whole clip here, but this is Camp Femdom, uh, written by me and narrated by Mistress DJ. An excerpt from Camp Femdom by Kylie Gable and Claudia Acosta. One summer camp tradition was that the male campers and female campers would engage in a mammoth prank war. Doorknobs would be covered with vegetable oil, and panties would be hung on flagpoles. This year was different. First, the counselors had become involved, as well as secondly, it had escalated quickly to ridiculous lengths. Nobody could remember who started it, but now it was personal. There were always tensions between the boys and girls at the camp. The grounds were extensive but they were built during a time when the guys would do outdoor activities and the girls would do needlepoint and make wallets. The guys never liked having to share, and they let the girls know it. When the girls had the lake for a late morning swim, the male counselors snuck into the female counselor's cabin and took every bra and panty they could find. As there were 78 male campers and only 52 female ones, there were eight male counselors and only five for the girls. This gave the boys a huge numerical advantage, both among the counselors and the campers, a fact that they used to win the prank war year after year. Now in possession of all their counterparts' underwear, the male counselors decided to hang them from the trees at the far end of the camp. They took their ill-gotten lingerie and headed to the trees, leaving Pete and Sean behind to guard their own cabin, unless the girls tried to retaliate. Only now did it seem ridiculous to Sean that he and Pete were expected to somehow hold off five angry and determined women. The girls did arrive and quickly overpowered them. 
Sean still remembered his crush, Amber Lee, twisting his arm up behind his back so her friend DJ could duct tape his hands together behind his back. Sean felt himself being hauled up to his feet. He couldn't see what was going on, but he felt his t-shirt being cut off his body, leaving him in only his shorts. His ankles were taped together, but he was made to hop over to where Pete had been. Meanwhile, Pete was dragged over to the spot he had been laying in. The shirt was unceremoniously pulled from his head, and he saw Amber's smiling face. With her were DJ and Diane. Are you ready for your makeover? asked DJ. She was an athletic blonde girl who was a few inches taller than he was. She had deep blue eyes, and he searched them for any sign of mercy, but found none. Sean tried to speak, but his mouth was gagged with Amber's bikini top, and though he could make faint sounds, he couldn't make himself understood. Amber began to rub Nair into his chest and his legs, while DJ held his taped feet flat so that Diane could apply polish to his toenails. This was so humiliating. To Sean's mind, it was far worse than getting your underwear hung from a tree. As the nair did its work, Sean wanted badly to wash it, or at least scratch it. The chemicals were itching, and even burning his skin a little. He also knew that they would soon make him hairless. The girls could see his discomfort, and it made them giggle among themselves. He couldn't even wiggle his feet. DJ made sure of that. Instead, he sat there passively as his toes turned bright red. He could now see what they had done to Pete, and he knew that he'd be getting the same treatment. Oomph! He grunted into the swimsuit, gagging him. Don't even try talking your way out of it, said DJ. You're not sorry. You're just sorry we got the upper hand. Oomph! He tried to scream for help in vain. Let's do this, said Diane. Just like they had done to Pete, Amber took responsibility for slathering Nair on Sean, while DJ and Diane worked together to paint his toes. Unlike Pete, Sean had long hair, so he got the curling iron treatment from DJ and Diane when they were done with his nails. This left Amber to do his makeup. The foundation was cold to the touch but Amber's soft fingers made its application almost feel like a massage, even though it felt strange to have makeup on his face. Amber was meticulous with her makeup application, applying loose powder after the liquid. As she lined his eyes with jet black pencil, Cat eyes? What else? asked DJ. His eyes really do pop with makeup. He's starting to look quite a bit more girly, said Diane. I'm trying to do his makeup the same way I do my own, replied Amber. Keep doing it, said DJ. It's working. Amber chose to blend a soft purple and a deep rose eyeshadow on Sean's eyes while applying thick mascara to his lashes. He looked so pathetic, with his heavily made-up eyes and soft curls peering out of the swimsuit stuffed in his mouth. I could do a better job if I could take off the gag, said Amber, as she finished his eyes. Not just yet, said Diane. Yeah, I don't want to hear him screaming for mercy right now, agreed DJ. It's time for the clothes. 
the girls untaped sean and pete's feet and hauled them into standing positions you know if you guys would have worked on your tans instead of staying inside playing video games we wouldn't have to put pantyhose on you said amber don't you dare run these said dj we don't have many at camp both boys were dressed the girls had obviously planned ahead because they had a strapless fuchsia bra and matching panties for Sean and baby blue for Pete. Because they were strapless, they could be applied to the guys without untaping their wrists. Sean was put into a fuchsia halter dress that came just past his knees in the back, but rose to thigh level in the front. It had ruching detail all the way down the front of the dress and Sean couldn't help wonder who would bring such a dressy outfit to camp, even as the girls crammed his feet into a pair of white high-heeled sandals. You know, his polish clashes with that dress, said Diane. It's close enough, replied DJ. Let's take care of Pete, said Amber. <laughs> I think that's Priscilla now, teased DJ. She could hear him groan into his gag and considered it a victory. Pete was placed in a baby blue, strapless, pleated chiffon dress that only came to mid-thigh. It was a very sexy dress, but much more appropriate for camp activities than the one that Sean was in. His dress also had white, strappy, high-heeled sandals with it, but these actually fit him perfectly. The bathroom was constructed so that the toilet stalls and sinks were in the front part, and behind a wall there were five shower stalls the boys were led back to the shower stall and made to face each other as DJ pressed their bodies together Diane wrapped rope around the torsos leaving their faces only a couple of inches away from each other I wish we could put lipstick on them said Amber why can't we asked DJ we'd have to take the gags out obviously replied Amber do you really think these two want to scream for help and have anybody see them like this? asked DJ. That's a really good point, agreed Diane. Diane removed Pete's gag and DJ removed Sean's so that Amber could paint both their lips with a bright lipstick for Sean and a red one for Pete. Please, begged Pete, let us go. Oh, we will eventually, said Amber. For now, pucker up. Look. I know we've been jerks, said Sean. What do you want from us? Right now, said Diane, we want you to get down on the ground. What? asked Sean, just before the girls lowered them to the ground and tied their ankles together. Have fun, boy, said Amber as the girls began to leave. Are they going to be okay like that, asked Diane. We'll get some senior campers to watch them. I'm sure they'll be happy to said DJ. Well, I want to thank Mistress DJ for for being my guest today. Um, I have wanted to do this with you for a long, long time. And uh, I also appreciate you being proactive because I've been really lazy getting off my butt to, to set up an interview with you. So, we have good excuse now with uh, Chancy there. Yeah. Our, producer, our producer has is very demanding of your time. So yeah. We did have a real good cuddle there as we, we listened to uh, radio and uh, just, uh, yeah, he, he really, he will, he will 
cuddle with the with at that drop of a hat. And when it comes to 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 sleeping, we've actually now gotten to the point where I don't squish him once a night like I was doing because he gets so darn close and you're asleep and you roll over and boo, there goes the foot. You know? <laughs> oh no, oh no. Well, but in all sincerity, I I enjoy working with you and reading your stories and um I think people could learn a lot and experience a lot of joy in reading your books too. So feel free to say DJ sent you when you go to his Amazon or uh you know, to one of his clip sites, because I'm telling you, uh, if you're into feminization, you will enjoy his stories. Uh, thank you so much. And we will have, definitely have to do this again soon. I really appreciate it. And I uh, I think you, you've done some great audios for me. And hopefully this gives a little bit more uh, visibility to them, too. Sounds great. All right. Thank you, Mr. DJ. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye. I hope you've enjoyed uh, this little Mistress DJ special. These are two older audios, but they're ones that I kind of wanted to expose. I think Pegging Sushi just does an amazing job on. And uh, I like Camp Femdom a lot, too, even though that's a very short clip. Um, if you like those, uh, they're, they're both available on Clips for Sale. I think I want clips, too, if I'm not mistaken. And um, please check out our links. Uh, Mistress DJ has some great content, too. And uh, there's going to be some real, you know, new audios coming up on my site midweek. I think I'm going to have Reunion from Shayla Aspasia, which is a, a sequel to an old story that's on Audible called Mean Girls and Mermaids. And uh, I think I'll have a sequel to that coming out midweek. So check that out. Thanks for listening. It means a lot to me. And... Um, I'll, I'll be here next week. I hope you will, too. We're going to start getting to some of those fun Halloween stories. So, talk to you later.